0: Welcome back to the Avid Christian Village podcast. Today we have Kyla Bispham, Director of Nursing for ACV Home Health, and we are just going to dive right on in. We want to talk about difficulties for families as they enter into uncharted territory whenever people are transitioning from being independent to needing a little bit of help at home. So let's just dive right on in. Uh, Give us a little bit of introduction. Tell us who you are. Um, what you do here and kind of what led you to where you are now. So
1: I work in home health here in Advent Christian Village. I am born and raised in Live Oak, Florida. I have lived here my whole life. I got my education in Madison at North Florida College. I obtained all of my nursing degrees there and I'm currently back in school there. I have worked with the village for several years. I actually started out at the Good Samaritan Center and transitioned to Copeland
0: Medical Center, and now I'm finally in home health, which I absolutely love. So, um, talking about your education, you said you're back in school now. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. So, I completed the LPN program first at
1: um, Madison at North Florida and then I worked at Good Samaritan Center there. I transitioned back into school and bridged over to my
0: RN and I have one semester left of my bachelor's. Okay, so you're working on your BSN now. Mm -hmm. Talking about your position here, um, what does that consist of? My position now in home health
1: consists of overseeing um, all of the clinicians in the field in home health. Um, So we have a variety of clinicians that serve in our community. Home health aides, skilled nurses, physical therapists, occupational therapists, and
0: speech therapists. Okay. And all of these clinicians, they work in the home of residents. So tell us a little bit about what home health is and who receives that care. So home health is
1: Kind of that gap in between when someone needs help but they're not quite ready to transition into a nursing home or assisted living. Um, we are there to fill that gap, to be that bridge in their care. We come into their home and provide the same services that they could receive in a rehab facility or a skilled nursing facility to an extent. Now, we don't, we're not there all the time, but we're there to help them become stronger and feel safer in the home and hopefully keep them home longer.
0: Okay. So, um, let's talk about the process of someone being completely independent and then does does it typically happen that a circumstances change they they fall or is that kind of a slowly gradual thing where they realize that they need a little bit of help every once in a while
1: normally over time i would say individuals realize that they need a little bit of help um, it's normal for us to see them resistant to that help at first just because it's a big change and when you're given someone else the responsibility of doing the things that you've always done, then it's a hard transition. Um, But in the end, it's more rewarding because you aren't putting all the stress on yourself, which in return we see leads to falls or things like that because people are trying to manage things that they need help managing. Um, So we, there to help them and that's our ultimate goal is to make things easier for them our transitions
0: easier for them and that's ultimately our goal so talking about the different types of services that come in can you talk about the skilled nursing and what what all of that includes so skilled
1: nursing offers a variety of things but some of the major things that we do a lot include post-op care and teaching if someone had a procedure um, skilled observation and teaching so if you got newly diagnosed with something new educating you on that disease process we do wound care we do catheter care we teach you about your medications and why they're important we have bowel and bladder training programs We do IV therapy, a real variety
0: of different things Um, outside of the skilled nursing is that um, that goes more into the private pay side of things. Is that right? Yes. So those things
1: that I just talked about is mainly utilized when someone's transitioning Mm -hmm. from the hospital or inpatient on the private pay side of
0: it the main thing that skilled nursing does is medication management okay so with outside of the skilled nursing altogether goes into the companionship and you you listed a few things of what they can do before um, but can you talk a little bit more about what all they offer so the certified home health aides help
1: give an extra set of eyes when someone's transitioning home so they're there to help with personal care and the activities of daily living but they're also checking your vital signs and if something's abnormal then they're reporting it to your nurse so we see that as a great bonus um, that they're able to do those things because that's an extra set of eyes on someone coming home Um, just continuing talking about the skilled portion of it. The physical therapist works on gait training, um, therapeutic exercises, transferring, mobility training, um, making sure that you're safe and able to be at home. That home is still our ultimate goal of all of it is to make sure that home is still the safest place for you to be. And we want to provide that care to you in the home. And we want you to stay home as long as possible because we all know there's no place like home. But at the same time, we have to make sure that that is truly the safest setting for you to be. Mm
0: -hmm. Going back to the private pay, let's say someone did transition out of an inpatient facility and they're receiving some skilled nursing is it available that they can receive private pay services as well as the skilled nursing
1: yes so say they were interested in companionship that is a service that typically insurance does not pay for so an example would be someone came home from the hospital They were receiving skilled nursing and physical therapy through Medicare. That's their primary insurance. So companionship is something that Medicare does not pay for. Um, So they most definitely could receive that service as a private pay service. And we see that happen sometimes. Um, Or if they don't want, you know, the skilled portion of the care, they're just done with it and all they want is companionship they feel like they're strong enough they've completed their inpatient rehab and just want peace of mind of someone there to go to the grocery store or help unload the groceries or accompany them to medical appointments things like that that the companion can do
0: all of those things with them okay so with the companionship how often can they come to your home? The companion can come
1: as often as they would like. Um, typically what we do is on our intake, when we have that family meeting, we find out exactly how much services they want, how many hours a day, how many times a week, what are they trying to accomplish when the companion is there. because. Let's just be honest, in our setting, if they want us to go all the way to Live Oak to go to Walmart, we're going to need a little bit more than an hour. Mm -hmm. So, we take all of their wants and needs into consideration and find out the best schedule
0: and the best amount of time that will benefit them the most. Okay. So, you work alongside the patient and the family members and help create a schedule that works best for everyone. Right. Okay. How long do people typically receive home care agency services?
1: So, from a private standpoint, that is completely up to the person who's receiving it. They can start it and stop the services whenever they would like. From a skilled standpoint, typically, we, when we admit someone, that plan of care is developed with their doctor a 60-day period. That doesn't mean you're going to have home care for 60 days. That means we have set goals and we are trying to meet them within a certain amount of time. If you meet them before, wonderful, we can discharge you. If we're at the end of our 60 days and you still have not met those goals, our new problems have arisen, our new goals need to be developed, then at that 60-day mark we're reassessing and we're coordinating with your doctors or your specialists to say, hey this is what's going on, this is what we're still trying to meet, can we continue providing care? And ultimately the doctor you know gives us the green light on what we can do but there is not every now and then sometimes insurances um, they only qualify for so many weeks of, of home health so sometimes insurance plays a role but typically not really often um, so it just depends on how you are progressing how your goals are progressing and where you're at when we get
0: to that reassessment point. Okay. So, you said sometimes there's a little bit of resistance with the beginning process. Um, can you talk about making that decision and where you've seen people benefit from once they get over the fear of having someone come and help them, the benefit of, of them having a, an aide or um, a therapist come to them?
1: Um, yes. So. A lot of times we see individuals think that if they ask for help or accept the help that it means that they're not able to provide for themselves anymore. And that's not always the case, it's just you can still manage and do those things for yourself. You just have to go about another way of doing them, whether it's a safer way or we may know of equipment that could help make the home safer. Our, our therapist is wonderful about making re- home recommendations on ways to prevent falls or prevent you from straining and pulling a muscle. So it all just ties in together from a bigger aspect and helps you mainly realize things that you wouldn't see because you're in that normal position every single day so it's always great from my point of view to have a second set of eyes come in and and look at the surroundings in the situation
0: talking about the different types of care that that um people can receive in their homes can you talk about what types of services people can receive there are two different types of services that we
1: break it up into basically skilled services and private pay services. So our skilled services is the side of home health that we see when people transition home from the hospital or home from rehab, and they still need that care, just not in an inpatient setting. Typically, this is your services that insurance pays for, Medicare, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, things like that. It's Not long-term, it's temporary, and it all depends on what your physician puts in your plan of care, but you are still able to receive services like a skilled nurse coming in and checking on you, or helping with that wound dressing, a physical therapist coming in and teaching you how to prevent from falling, or helping you gain strength. Um, So that's our skilled side of it. The private pay side of it is basically where you pay privately for the service, and the main services that we offer on that side of it is our companionship program, which is basically having a friend come in and do things for you like grocery shopping, accompanying you to a doctor's appointment, things like that. A home health aide come in, which can provide hands-on care like bathing assistance, dressing assistance, and our skilled nurse private pay part of it is mainly for med management. Coming in once a week to fill your med box, help manage your refills at the pharmacies, and
0: communicate with your doctors if you have med changes. Um, so that is from the patient standpoint, but looking at the family standpoint for helping your loved ones transition into needing that care at home, can you talk about, um, I'm sure you see some resistance from the family members as well, um, accepting that they can't be there all the time. So can you talk about the benefits of having those companionship um, aides come in and be able to check on your loved one? Right. A lot of times we get phone calls of children worried about their
1: parents here because they do not live locally or they're not able to just drive over in a short amount of time and mom's not answering the phone or dad's forgetting to take his medications. So I hear of that a lot and what we try to do is coordinate with the family and set up some type of family meeting, um, explaining what services we have available here on campus, and not just here on campus, but we serve all of Suwannee County and Lafayette County, um, and help them realize that we are here to help them, and we have the services here to help them, and we can help give them peace of mind since they're not just a few minutes down the road or they can't get them on the phone. So we try to take all of our services that we offer, present it to them and help them realize that it's just a decision to make and we'll be
0: there to take care of them. Um, During this time of our global pandemic, um, can you talk about the reducing the risk of exposure to COVID-19? what are the benefits of using a home health aid or a home health care agency versus driving back and forth to like a rehab facility for physical therapy type things? So I say that home health has
1: been a tremendous factor in this pandemic that we're facing. Um, A lot of times there are the cases, you know, of individuals who aren't strong enough um, to fight off the virus are in the hospital. And just in our area, we don't have that many major hospitals. So a lot of times the beds are full or it's just tons of people are waiting to be seen. So we see home health as a great transition point because those Individuals who still need care and still need closely monitoring, but they don't need to stay in the hospital or things like that, are able to come home but still have skilled clinicians like a registered nurse or a therapist. They can still receive the same care just in the setting of their home and they're not being exposed as much as having to go in and out of facilities. Mm-hmm.
0: So when someone comes to their home, it's just one person, it's a one-on-one type relationship versus being in a facility, like you said, with people coming in and out and...
1: Right. It's typically one-to-one, um, and the clinicians are never there at the same time, so your physical therapy appointment, when she's there, you're focused solely on that. and they all work together as a team to make your schedule so they know when nursing is going to be there or they know when therapy is
0: going to be there. Okay. So for a family member or even a potential client that's wanting to receive these services, how would they take action and move towards that? So they can take
1: action by simply just giving us a call. Okay. Um, one of our office managers would be glad to help them, tell them about our services,
0: so just a simple phone call. Okay. So the process in that is the phone call and then what would you move to after that? So typically when you
1: call in and you inquire about services, um, my office manager, Lisa or Christina, will ask you what service you're interested in if they aren't sure of what service they're interested in they can just tell us a little bit about what's going on what are their goals from home care what are their concerns of why they are calling home care and then based off of what they tell us we normally tell them what service we feel would be appropriate for this situation But before anything, we always try to schedule that family meeting or some type of call um, that ties everything together so that everyone's on the same picture before we start services.
0: And that's how we get the ball rolling. Okay. So, um, moving from that phone call or, or what's what initially causes that phone call. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a, I'm leaving the inpatient rehab facility and my doctor wants me to have home health care. They can call from anywhere and decide themselves, correct? Right, so when, from the skilled side
1: of it, when you're in inpatient rehab or you're at the hospital and your doctor talks about home care, It is your choice on what home care agency you want to use. A lot of individuals don't know that, um, but they should be given the opportunity to choose what home health agency they want to use. After that decision is made, when you're in the hospital or an inpatient setting, then typically the facility or the provider sends us the referral information. Um, so that's our, if you feel like it hasn't been addressed, we've had that happen sometimes and the patient calls us and then we reach out to case management to see what's going on. From a private standpoint, it's just that phone call of calling in, inquiring about
0: services and then us just talking about it. And calling in on a private standpoint, that can be done from a loved one out of care or a patient themselves. Right. That can be done from
1: anyone. Just the person who is receiving the services Mm -hmm. has to be in agreement
0: for the services. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Kyla, for taking the time to come talk to our listeners about uh, home health care. I hope that our listeners take away something and if they're in the, process of making that transition with a loved one or with themselves. I hope that they take away um, a little bit more knowledge than they came with. As always, you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review. This will help new listeners find us easier.